right steps in Charleston. They now can try their slipper and see if it fits at the big ball. East Tennessee State Buccaneers, they're dancing, boys and girls. Perea lays it up. 1.4. Perea hits it. The pass is caught. Ready for the game winner. Wide left. Bucks win. Bucks spotting for three. The place is going to erupt. Oh, Deuce Bellow. He's going to make Sports Center with an incredible. Jarvis Jones, the game winner, got it. Ball game. East Tennessee State's going to leave on another. They got him. If he catches it, it's over. Ball game. Touchdown, Jawan Stinson. 25 yards. J.J. German for the win. He got it. J.J. German and the Bucks have shocked the Bulldogs. And the sidekick. Say hello to my little friend. What's your name, man? I told you. It doesn't matter what your name is. You're handsome. You have the perfect amount of scruff. And you still have no talent. It's Sandos and the sidekick on the Buccaneers Sports Network. Another edition of Sandos and the Sidekick. I'm Jay Sandos, Mike Gallagher. Busy Wednesday. Number one, it is Mystery Guest Wednesday. We love that. We also have Landon Owen. Where's Landon going to go this week in college football? I've got six, seven games. I think he'll choose. We'll wait and see where he officially is going to go this week for uh, his uh, go to the game, what to do. Where to play golf? The usual stuff that Landon only gets. Plus, it's, it's, I need to keep up with this pick. I kind of feel like it's game day. He's randomly now. We keep up with the game he goes to picks, but last week he started just throwing random picks on the board. I just need to keep up with. He's that overreaching a bit. I think that's what I'm saying. Like he all of a sudden, we'll, just, we'll wait and see. We'll do that. Not your show. Um, you're just a guest, okay, Landon? Last figure it out. segment, something old but something new, right? Yeah. Uh, wait, today? Last segment, something old is it but something today or new. Is it I don't Thursday? understand what you're talking about. I'm uh, isn't, old something new. I'm not isn't, sure. uh, Today's Bites by Trey. Uh, Which is new, segment. right? But uh, also, Yes. Is that not new? Old? What's old about it? Oh, I thought he was talking top 25 at all. Oh, oh. sure. Yeah, I guess. suppose. Well, it's kind of old. Yeah, I guess. So, Trey Adams is back in studio, and this is going to be uh, a thing we use, I think, kind of here and there. You know, sometimes Mystery Guest is two segments. This Mystery Guest is just one segment. Still a pretty long conversation. Uh, I think very worse all the time. Yeah, who we is spent it? with our Mystery Guest. I'm not telling you, but you actually do know. Uh, I'm not going to tell the listeners, though. They'll have to stick around and figure it out. You had I'm to just go man. and poke around and put your nose where it didn't belong uh, and hit our, hit our machine that plays all our commercials, and you found, you know, you dug far enough in, and congratulations, you've ruined the surprise. I hit one surprise. button I didn't you know was You have ruined it. the surprise. Okay. But anyway, uh, so we in segment four we'll have Trey uh, take some stuff off his back and just throw it on the table, unburden himself. It's not going to be anything Angry Man style. I think Angry Man has his own unique delivery. Uh, Trey is much more controlled, professional, but we're excited to hear what he uh, has to say. On tomorrow's show, don't forget we got Crazy Coach Thursday. We've got the head coach, uh, Carol yeah. McRae of uh, Gardner-Webb. So tomorrow we're really going to start breaking down the homecoming game, Gardner-Webb. And ETSU Friday as well. We'll be we'll be continuing breaking down with Austin Herrick and the route tree. I also want to hear your favorite homecoming memories uh, tomorrow on the show because you have been okay. around ETSU for years and years and years. I have never had the chance of partaking in a homecoming week in the way that I think a lot of people think about homecoming weeks. Mm-hmm. So I'm excited to hear some of your favorite memories in the first segment tomorrow. Okay, uh, you'll have to think about that. that. No, yeah. I, yeah, you yeah, got I'm 24 glad, hours, I, I so am it's glad okay. You kind of proud. Yeah. If uh, you're wanting me to spit that out off the top of my head, I don't know how good it would have been yesterday yeah. so, or uh, tomorrow, but I appreciate you yeah, giving no me a heads up on that. Yep. Before we talk, and then, again, the next couple of days we're really going to dive heavy into football. We will a little bit 
uh, today as well. But women's basketball, we talked to head coach Steve Forbes last week when they started the men's basketball season or at least the practice, and you can start getting going. Uh, head coach Brittany Zell on Monday was allowed to have her first practice. We got a chance to catch up with her. And before we get a couple of bites there, I'm really excited for the women's team. I know they lose Tiana Charter. Uh, but they certainly uh, took great strides getting in the championship game. There's a lot of key members coming back. Coach Ezel kind of jokingly says, I saw what Coach Forbes has done with transfers. It's, you know, it would be crazy yeah. not to, to see what he's done and how he's done it and kind of learn from him. She's got seven new players in, but certainly this women's basketball team is set up, uh, I think, to make a good Southern Conference run. They're going to be tested early. That early schedule, Cincinnati, Michigan, Michigan State, State all on the road. So Tennessee's on the road again. But certainly I'm excited to get the women's basketball season underway because I think they're going to do big things. Well, I think a lot of people associate the women's basketball program with Tiana Tartt, right? And, of course, I mean, that's a natural thing when you've had a lot of your success and she put up so many numbers. I mean, led the team in points, led the team in assists by almost two and a half times over Erica Haynes-Overton last year and was in a virtual tie for the lead in rebounds as well. She did it all. She was 17th in the nation in steals. So, I mean, nothing on the court that Tiana Tartar can't do. She's, of course, playing professionally over in Romania. Uh, I tried to look up how she was doing, but a lot of pages are in Romanian. So I had her, heard her back, actually. That's why oh, okay. she's, yeah, yeah. So she's, uh, I don't think she's played okay. in a game because I had a back injury. Unfortunate. So, but I just such found a, that out. Yeah, it's such a talent that I'm sure that she will find uh, her, her groove once she's healthy, uh, wherever that may be, if it is in Romania or somewhere else. But with the team that is now in place this year, uh, Erica Haynes-Overton is going to be that person. And speaking of steals, you know, she she was top 10 in the nation in steals, and she showed such athleticism, such moxie on the court, like kind of a veteran savvy with the quick hands, but also um, some high-end physical tools to be able to not only dominate last year, but really grow into her skill set. And I know that um, we'll talk about Erica with Coach here in a little bit, but she is kind of that next era and leading the team, you know, into this season. So it was one game away last year. I mean, you take away Tiana Tartar-Mallory, sure, Shai Copney, of course, that's going to be tough, but there are a ton of new bodies in here. Well, and, and it lost to a veteran yeah. uh, Mercer team. A Top 25 of, team. A lot of four-year starters in that. Uh, Lawrence was the player of the year and was just unbelievable. WNBA draft Almost pick, like yeah. a 2,400-point score. Just some crazy number. So, uh, obviously, uh, they were the, the cream delay of the league last year, and they proved it, and they beat ETSU three times, but they beat everybody. They didn't lose a game in, in league action, and, and they uh, ran through the conference tournament. ETSU uh, does have some players coming back does have some new players, but the most important thing Monday for Coach Ezell, they were finally back on the court practicing. It's been really good. It's been overwhelming with 15 able bodies. I'm not used to that. It's the first time we've had a, a full uh, roster. A lot, of, a lot of teaching, a lot of learning, and uh, it's been nice to, to see how competitive they're going to be early on. I remember last year, I mean, they played only 10 bodies the entire year. Uh, you know, so that that's not a lot of people to come in and provide depth. Now it is two full fives, right? But, um, you know, last year you were missing Carly Lighton. Uh, she had a hip injury before the season. And Micah Sheets had to sit out because she was redshirting. And, you know, Jada Craig uh, played a lot, but she suffered, you know, an injury late in the year as well. And so it was kind of here and there with injuries throughout the season. And the first time that ETSU has been healthy in quite some time, it has to feel nice. And just to be able to provide in practice, Jay, I think that um, – that atmosphere of competition and to be able to push everybody and know that no one is guaranteed a spot in terms of the starting five or a roll off the bench, that you have to earn everything. And creating that culture of competition is important for programs. Well, and I think the, the, the big thing is it's either been not choosing because, again, Coach Zell's done uh, or uses the theory, you know, if they're I'm just not giving a scholarship to give a scholarship. Right. I'd rather hold one, wait, 
and it just seems like whether there was some some injuries uh, that came into play last year. If you remember, the Marisite Twins kind of transferred out like August, and so it was hard to get, uh, I think, two more to fill a slot. But she's not really, she's uh, correct, not had 15 full scholarships. In the men's side, it's 13, but they've got 16 players because they got uh, some walk-ons and transfer sitting out and all that stuff. For the women's program, to have a full 15 to get uh, some players back from injury again, uh, I think with Erica Haynes-Overton now, uh, we'll talk to Coach in just a minute about her, but Coach Ezell went into great detail about those seven new players. Seven new players, four freshmen, three transfers, uh, one grad transfer in within that three, and, and she's got a chance to be impactful right away. Six foot three, 258 pounds, led her conference last year in field goal percentage, block shots and rebounds, could really impact the game in a bunch of ways. Uh, transfer from Richmond. Uh, who can really shoot the basketball deep. Uh, we would liken her a lot to uh, Shaq Copney from last year, just the ability to stretch a defense. And then junior college kid from, from Mississippi. And then the three freshmen, uh, they're all over the place. One was a high school teammate with Erica Haynes-Overton, so very similar athlete. Uh, two freshmen from the Midwest, one from uh, Kansas City and one from Lawrence, Kansas, who both have a chance to contribute early. And then a post player from Warner Robins. Right now, she's the one we're really watching because we are so deep at the post. We want to make sure that we're evaluating her with the possibility of holding her, with the possibility of you know, trying to decide if we need to redshirt her, if we need to play her, because I don't want to burn a kid's year if they're not going to play. So just to kind of fill in the blanks and get people familiar with those people that Coach was talking about because she didn't really use names, the grad transfer uh, that led the conference in field goal percentage block shots, Lexis Spears, sounds like she can be a real force down low coming in from Morgan State, transfer from Richmond, who can shoot at Shai Copney, of course, was a team leader in three-pointers last year. That's Taisha Murphy from Richmond, uh, the transfer from uh, Mississippi Community College, uh, Casey Fountain, and then the freshman, Elise Stafford, Shania Jackson, Kaya Upton, Amaya Adams. Adams is the one from Kansas City. Upton is the one that went to the same high school as uh, Erica Haynes-Overton, East Nashville Magnet. Um, and Shania Jackson is the one they're talking about maybe red-shirting and holding her up because of that depth of the post. Brittany Snowden, Spears, Raven Dean, and Ajay Stephanie, Stafford, and Tips. You've got seven bodies that are six feet or taller, you know, on the court for ETSU during practice. So it's going to be competitive, certainly down low, and going to provide a lot of length, height, and ability in the paint. It's going to be tough for other teams to operate down there. Well, and ETSU had tremendous guard play last year when you mentioned, we've already talked about Tiana Charter. Then you look at uh, Eric Haynes-Overton as, a, you know, with a freshman of the year and being able to do everything that she could do, and she's got a chance to be player of the year. Yeah. Uh, but you look at that one-two punch, and, the post play came and went a little bit uh, for ETSU, so I think that was certainly a, uh, something that they addressed. I certainly think getting Carly Linton back and, and getting a few outside shooters and Murphy, uh, Fountain also, uh, the other Knoxville native that set out last year. I'm drawing a blank. but uh, Mike Sheets. Yeah, Mike Sheets yep. uh, could shoot it from three as well. Then you go with Eric Haynes-Overton. So I, I think that this could be – one of the more dangerous offensive groups since maybe the first year that Coach Ezell was here. But the key nucleus, uh, uh, sort of the son of the universe, is going to all revolve around Erica Haynes-Overton. She's talked a lot this summer about wanting to be uh, the one accountable for everybody. And she and Brittany Snowden, and, and like I said to Kane the other night in one of our interviews, Brittany's the best leader I've ever coached. And Brittany's really kind of taking Erica under her wing and trying to teach her about that, those kind of things. So Erica has aspirations of being player of the year for the next three years running, and uh, she's going to have to continue to grow her game in a bunch of different ways. And, and like you said, she was Robin. Now she gets to be Batman. And so she's really excited about that challenge. And it's hard to fill the void that, that Tiana created because it was so big. 
but I think that our kids are going to have to do it by committee. Uh, Tiana led by example. She wasn't vocal. Um, this year's group is a lot more vocal. Now, there were games last year, she talks about Robin vs. Batman, where Eric Haynes Overton was already Batman. So let's not confuse anyone out there that's maybe new to ETSU bat, women's basketball and didn't have the chance maybe to listen last year, whatever the case may have been. Eric Haynes Overton has shown that she can be one of those people that is at the uh, forefront of a uh, team's kind of plan on how to stop ETSU and, and can produce to that level as well. So it's not like every game it was Tiana Tartar leading the way. There were games that she would have off too. That's just going to happen in basketball. You're not going to have it every single night where you're going to put up 20-25 and carry the team offensively or be the force defensively that people know you as. So uh, Erica Haynes-Overton has already proven she can do that. Can she do it consistently? Well, and, and the other thing is, when teams were game planning, right? They game plan against Tartar one, Overton, Haynes Overton two. Now she she's the one they're going to game plan against. And so the the junior year was very tough, I think, for Tiana Tartar because they just had a hard time. ETSU did having a number two. And so if you can just focus on Tiana Tartar and not have anybody else, we've talked about it in football a little bit. You know, if you if if you only have one receiver to throw to and are double covering. The one receiver who's going to step up. Who I mean, somebody else has to have some one on one. You got to be able to win those battles. And and ETSU didn't the junior. Now the last year there were and there were other players besides Haynes Overton that could step up and have a big game. Whether that'd be Raven Dean had a couple right. games that were out there that could uh, score a lot. So certainly there there's some players there. But how will Haynes Overton do when she is the number one target for the opposing team and trying to shut her down? So I think that Dean is one last year that maybe didn't have the impact that she had the year before, and so look for her to maybe step back into that kind of role. And then, I mean, Brittany Stone, you talk about a leader. I think that a lot of that does translate over to the court a lot of the time. So if Coach Zell can get what she's looking for from Brittany Stone, then you have Raven Dean performing more like her 2016-17 self instead of her 2017-18 self, and then have some of those newer players uh, – like Alexis Spears, a Taisha Murphy, a Casey Fountain come in and make an impact. Some of the more experienced transfers rather than the freshmen, maybe even getting a, uh, a freshman here and there that throws in a big game. Yeah, this is going to be a formidable group. Well, right now we'll step aside for a timeout. That was a look at uh, Brittany Zell and the women's basketball program. Again, they just start practice this week. They start season a little bit later than the men's team. That's why they started a few days later. Uh, we'll be catching up with her as the season goes along. Certainly we'll have coverage on it on the Buccaneer Sports Network of all the games that we can get that don't conflict with either men's basketball. And honestly, we're missing a fo- uh, men's basketball game because of football. So we're starting to get in that area where it all kind of meshes and mangles together. Crossover season. And it's, uh, Always our favorite. It is. It is. Well, there's no sleep. The, yeah. the month of November means that we do not sleep. But you know who wins? The fans. That's true. The, the fans. That's win. what it's about. That's exactly what it is. You know who else wins? Landon Owen. He'll be up next. We'll talk uh, to Landon about Lando's Land right after this short timeout. This is Sanderson and the Sidekick. Don't forget to download us on SoundCloud and on iTunes. You can subscribe on RSS feed. That way you get the update every single time that we upload a new show. If you weren't able to catch it live, you are able to go back and download it and listen to all the episodes of Sandos and the Sidekick. Back with more Lando's Land right after this timeout. This is the Buccaneer Sports Network. Congrats. You made it. Through National Ice Cream Day, National Hot Dog Day, and even National Sunglasses Day. You took on the heat, took care of the yard, and even took a vacation. But now it's October, and you finally have a chance to breathe. And with that chance to breathe also comes a chance for fun when you play new October Instant Games. Pick up one of four new games for a chance to win $1,000 up to a $1 million. Fall into some fun with new October Instant Games from the Tennessee Lottery. Game-changing fun. Please play responsibly. Wow, am I happy about my new Wow Rate e-checking account at Citizens Bank. 
I got a huge rate on my deposit and great account features. With that sort of a deal, I'm saving for much-needed bucks tickets to cheer on my team. Learn more about WowRate e-checking accounts at CitizensBank24.com. WowRate e-checking accounts at CitizensBank24.com. Go Bucks! Make your own way. Citizens Bank member FDIC. Looking to promote your business but don't know the best avenue? Stand out from the crowd and go big with billboards. We're Allison Outdoor, and we're the new guys in town. Whether it's digital or traditional billboards, our locations span the Tri-Cities. If you're looking for high exposure for a day, a year, or anything in between, we have rates and packages for you. Call Nick Stickley for pricing at 423-360-4809 or allisonoutdoor.com. And go Bucks! Yeah, I've been thinking about getting the band back together, but we need a new name. Ah, how about the Five Seasons? Nah, not raw enough. Chuck and the Prime Ribs? You don't get it, do you? Sorry, I'm a butcher. Ah, my bad. How about four New York strips? Now that's music to my ears. At Food City, our butchers are so good at what they do, you'll think they can do anything. Butchers make it better. Only at Food City. Ice T-Bone, the Beefy Boys, the Tenderizers... Today and every day, the Johnson City Way. Johnson City Hyundai is proud to support East Tennessee State Athletics. Excellence in education, teamwork and trust, success and understanding. They are the core values that drive the ETSU Athletics program to excellence. ETSU Athletics and Johnson City Honda, a winning combination. The Johnson City Way. Today and every day, Johnson City Honda is committed to bringing the Tri-Cities a truly unique way to buy a new Honda or a certified pre-owned Honda. It's a way of business we like to call the Johnson City Way. When you come to Johnson City Honda, you can have the confidence in knowing you're getting a great deal along with outstanding customer service that will last long after the sale. We invite you to come by today and shop our outstanding selection of vehicles and experience a different way, an easy way, our way, the Johnson City Way. Johnson City Honda, proud to support the ETSU Athletics Program. Today and every day, the Johnson City Way. Johnson City Honda, Johnson City. Landon Owen. is doing okay this week because it was emotional for him. I had an emotional moment myself. We talked a little bit about with Keith oh, Break yeah, yesterday Joe with Mauer. Joe Maurer, but boy, the David Wright, that was a tearjerker as well. It was a it was a weekend that just brought tears to the eye if you're a enthusiast of any specific organization in Major League Baseball, one specific player maybe, someone that follows um, careers, you know, it, there's there's guys that just mean more to organizations than others. And I think David Wright was uh, one of those guys to uh, the New York Mets. Landon, are you there? And are you uh, are you doing okay? Are you fully recovered from the David Wright emotional send off? I didn't cry. You cried. <laughs> I, I'll say this. That in, was a night right there. Well, I'll say this in Minnesota. I'll just relate it to the Twins and Joe Maurer because I think it's a very similar thing. Now Maurer spent. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, his whole career with, with Minnesota and, and I think played, you know, more consistently than, say, a David Wright. But uh, regardless, it doesn't really matter. Uh, 
Bauer had to be moved from catcher, went to first base, uh, you know, the whole thing. And he was just a consummate Minnesota guy, you know, quiet, uh, never really made any noise in the media, uh, very humble, never going to ruffle any feathers. Um, and he got a lot of hate in Minnesota because of that along the way and the fact that the team didn't win and the fact that he didn't hit for power. And they gave him $184 million over eight years for a guy that was a first baseman that hit singles, right? And that's not going to win over a lot the of fans. The Mark Grace of Minnesota. <laughs> $184 million <laughs> for the Mark Grace of Minnesota. And it didn't lead to any you know playoff runs, really. I mean, since... 2010, the first year in Target Field, they made it once. And it was last year, and then they fired their manager who made it last year with them. And After so, they gave him an extension. And so a lot of people looked at him as a scapegoat because he was one of the centerpieces. So for Joe Maurer, there was a lot of hate and frustration for Minnesota fans. And now, of course, everyone, fans as they are, they're coming back and saying, oh, Joe Maurer, he, he's the best. I can't believe we're losing him. Well, where were you and why weren't you singing the same tune most of his career? Was it the same for David Wright in New York, or were or Met fans always on his side? I think Met fans were always on his side. I think the one guy who wasn't on his side was the guy who writes the paychecks. Oh. Um, unfortunately, they, the only bad thing I ever remember anybody saying about him was the owner. And, you know, there was a little spat that they had going back, but he ended up re-signing. And, again, we gave David one of those big mega deals. But, look, they, he did everything else they asked of him to do. Um, they didn't always have the best supporting cast around him. And Maurer's a great comp to him. Um, I really liked uh, Maurer. Uh, he was a, just a stand-up guy. He does all the right things. David was the face of the franchise. I mean, he's a he is on one he is on the one hand of all-time Mets. Um, is wow. he a, a Hall of Famer? No. And, you know, could he have been? You know, fringy maybe if he stayed healthy and played at those levels, and maybe they won a championship with him leading the crew. But um, yeah, it's just disappointing. But you root for guys like that and. Um, I would say that David is the first person younger than me that I ever pulled for the way I pulled for one of my childhood heroes, uh, like a <laughs> like a Daryl Strawberry. Yeah, buddy. Um, yeah, buddy. I hate to interrupt, but uh, Landon being the fanboy that he is at the uh, Southern <laughs> wow. Conference Tournament, Right, he's he's wearing his ETSU shirt, trying to support the Bucks. Next thing I know, he's got a he sends me a photo of him and Daryl Strawberry because Jordan Strawberry's son played for Mercer. So okay, uh, it, quickly he turned on us. That's all I'm saying. Go go, Landon. Wow, I didn't turn on you at all. I got a chance to meet my childhood hero, and I did have a little fanboy moment. I'll admit, um, but it was great. And you know, I never like autographs. Uh, a picture's great, but I'd rather walk away with a story. Um, kind of had that moment with Lanny Watkins a couple weeks ago over at the old farm. Uh, he was just a, a guy that my nickname growing up was Laney and, and got to tell him that story. So it was kind of neat. You know, those moments are great, but, you know, it's nice to have a one-to-one and, and just you had to be there type thing. So, um, you know, good luck to David. Good luck to Joe. You know, they're they're going to do great whatever they do after playing. I think they'll be involved in baseball and great ambassadors for their team. Yeah, too, too bad they don't have any money to fall back on. <laughs> you know, they're going to struggle, I think. Um <laughs> You know, maybe three hundred million between the two sure. of them. I, I think they're going to make do. Maybe I David can... will buy the Mets one day with the with a group like Jeter. So who knows? How great would that be to just kind of pull it out from the pull the carpet under the feet from the guy that uh, maybe there was a bit of a spat with and everything. You come in with your millions and say, "No, no, buddy, shoes on the other foot." I can hear it in your voice, Landon. You, you do sound a bit somber, a bit down. I don't want to say depressed, but I worry about the struggle for the segment this week because you clearly are downtrodden. I'm not worried about the segment. I okay. still had a good week last week, and I'm really looking forward to this weekend. So let's go.
Fantastic. Yeah, one, one, one and a half, right? Right. One, by the way, he just did the Randy Sanders on it. We're stray on that. So uh, one and a half uh, points last week, right? Got uh, uh, Ohio State one didn't cover. Then you gave the uh, 17 points to Stanford, Notre Dame to cooperate. But all right, let's go. Jump in this week very quickly, Landon. I'm thinking uh, one of the two games I think you've got high on your list. I don't know if you're going there or not, but I think LSU-Florida. And this is one of those because the hurricane a while ago, LSU's got to go back-to-back trips to Gainesville. Or you go on the wide right uh, number like seven, Florida State at Miami of Florida. Uh, two great. I mean, look, you look at any year, those are going to be your marquee matchups for the week. Uh, Florida LSU definitely uh, carries a little more weight. Both teams ranked. Florida got a good win last week. Um, I I still like LSU till somebody beats them. Uh, I'm going to ride that train. Coach O, he's crazy and just enough crazy to to make you want to root for him. Uh, Florida State, yeah, no shot. I got Miami going all the way there. Does Virginia Tech, one of your many schools that you pull for, upset Notre Dame? Are you a Notre Dame believer? Now, I'm talking to some people around uh, college football that I'm hearing that they're saying, well, oh, yeah, I've never liked Notre Dame, but, boy, this team is different. No chance this team is different, right? Virginia Tech pulls off the upset. No, I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna stay with Notre Dame. Um, what kind of fan are you? Only because I want them to be undefeated when Syracuse plays them in Yankee Stadium. Later <laughs> <in the year>. <laughs> <Sats>. <laughs> so, so well, yeah, when we you've got 97 teams, right? Game coming up, but Herb Street even singled out Syracuse as one of their toughest remaining games uh, because of the way they can let up the scoreboard. So, I got that one circled. We'll come back to both of those teams later. Well, I don't know how to break it to you, but Syracuse did not pull the upset against Clemson last week. So. You know, yeah, we didn't. But uh, we did cover. If the game was by 58 minutes, right? Yeah, but if the game was 58 minutes, you win. Yeah, I, I get that. Um, it was disappointing that we didn't pull it out in the last 40 seconds. But, um, you know, how many teams have gone to Death Valley with a win and had a chance to do that? And from everything that you read, people that were there, friends that were there from both sides, saying it was one of the most uh, um, anxious environments they've ever been in. Like, oh, my gosh, we might lose this game. And, um, you know, Lawrence is unbelievable. He's going to be, you know, go ahead and put him in for the number one pick in two years. Uh, he's he's fantastic. If that kid can stay healthy, look out. Clemson's, Clemson's going places. But they won with a third stringer, so that tells you how deep they are. Jay is calling you un-American if you don't go to Navy and Air Force. I think it's classic. Uh, the first, yeah, the I mean, first leg of the Commander-in-Chief Cup. I'm throwing the pick over to Jay on this one. Jay, who you got? Uh, Air Force, actually. I know they're one and three, uh, and I think Navy's two and two coming in. Uh, but it's, a, it's something about uh, when they play at Air Force, when they play at Colorado Springs, that Air Force has had their number. So I'm going to go Air Force. It's a minor upset if you believe the wise guys. But, I mean, Air Force home, I don't know how much of a – if it's only a couple points, I don't know how much of an upset it is. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take the Falcons to fly high. Throw out the records when the academies get together. Yes, for, I like it. Good pick. First leg of the commander and chief cup there. But all right, now, since we've missed on those, I've got one last game. I'm pretty sure this is going to be it because we've thrown all the big boys at you. What about top ten battle, right, in the Colonial? It's number ten, Elon, at number two, James Madison and Harrisonburg. Go. I'm so impressed. Two for two on the small game of the week. I think that's a thing going forward. We'll have a big game and a little game. Um, it's like calling JMU and Elon a little game, though, as far as FCS goes, is a gross understatement. Um, so, okay, James Madison loses their first game to NC State. Since then, they've won four games by a combined total of 204 to 17. Wow. 
and the first one of those games was called after a quarter. Uh, they won 17 nothing. got credited for a win, didn't even make it to halftime against Norfolk State. Last year they beat them 74-15. to So you could th- that's a misleading stat, 204-17. to That's crazy. Um, Elon's got some good wins. They smoked Furman. Um, if you're a Buck fan, I don't know that either one of them winning helps you, so I'm going to go James Madison. Um, nobody beats them ever, uh, especially in the Colonials. They've won 20 in a row, so we're riding, riding the Dukes as long as they want to be ridden. Well, okay, so that's the small game. So I'm guessing the large game, and it's the only one I can come up with that uh, is large. We didn't mention. I'm, is it? Is it the Red River Shootout, Texas and Oklahoma? Red River rivalry. Oklahoma. Yeah, be. Red River. Um, you know, again, we're going to break our rule a little bit. It's not on a college campus, but I think that this game is so steeped in history. Being at the state fair, uh, standard eleven o'clock local kick time. Um, it is just. It, that's what you got to do. That's one of those games that you circle each year, kind of like the cocktail party in, in Jacksonville that every college football fan has to go to. Texas, a little bit on the upswing, maybe kicking themselves a little bit, losing that first game to Maryland. But uh, OU looking really, really good. But Texas, in this little downswing that they've had, have jumped up and bit Oklahoma a time or two and ruined their year. I don't think it's going to happen this year. I think OU comes in focused. I think they're going to win. Um, but it's a rivalry game, so probably under 10 points. I'd say OU by eight. All right, that's the football side of it. Clearly, we like to ask you what's there to do, and, of course, most importantly, what golf courses are we going to yeah. play? What are you going to do? I mean, you're going to the, you have to get a ticket to the Texas State Fair to go to the game, so you might as well go to the Texas State Fair. See old Big Tex, I think they got him rebuilt after the fire a few years ago. Um, but just taking in the sights and sounds and all the fried food there, uh, you might want to bring an, uh, an insulin shot with you, even if you're not diabetic. Um, you're you're going to need it. Um, th- so you're, you're definitely going to do that. Golf-wise, there's a, there's a municipal course owned by the city of Dallas called Cedar Crest. It actually hosted the 1927 PGA Championship. Uh, Johnson City fans uh, and listeners, it's an old Tillinghast course. Uh, it's been revitalized, just kind of reopened uh, this week, actually. So that would be my pick to go be one of the first people out on a very historic course by one of the most famous designers of Major Mole Cedar Crest Golf Course in Sutherland Avenue. That's where you're going. I love state fairs because of exactly what you said, the fried foods back in Minnesota. The Minnesota State Fair draws uh, roughly 2 or $3 million per year over the 12 days that it's open, and they have deep-fried candy bars. They have this corn that they just make in mass quantities that they dip in butter, like just full things, whole bushels mm-hmm. of it go in in butter and cover in salt and pepper. It's like $2. And usually those state fairs, they can get a little bit spendy because there's all the vendors there. they got to make a little bit of money and such. But the food options are out of control. I've never been to the Texas State Fair, but speaking from experience on other state fairs, oh, my mouth is watering, Landon. I'm the Everything's gather. bigger in Texas. you got to – Fair I mean, enough. That's got to be like uh, the best state fair in the world, I would think. Allegedly. Have you ever seen – I don't know if it's Carnival Eats or Fair Eats, but it's one of those where there's a guy that actually travels around to all the state fairs. Oh, what a gig. And, and, and picks three or four things, and they show you how to do it and where to go, and it just – it's amazing – Every single time I once it's one of those where, like when I flip the channel and I run into it, it just, it just stops. And then of course I'm like, what can I deep fry in my house? Like, what guy, what can I make up with? Because it's a job that I would like. That guy won't live to see sixty. No, no, chance. no, it's, it's <laughs> good for him for living his so, best life. Yeah, so. that's love that. All right, Landon, buddy, we'll uh, see you next week. Appreciate the info. We'll get uh, your input on next week's games and uh, where we go. And we'll be grading you on all your picks now.
Let's go, Bucks, and uh, get another win. Keep that first place stature uh, in the SoCon and get in those polls. I'm looking for ETSU and Syracuse to both break in the polls this week for the first time in well over 20 years for both schools. So that's fantastic. Thanks, Landon. All right, Lando, see you, man. That's Landon Owen on uh, Lando's Land. When we come back, Mr. Guest on Sandos and the Sign King. Don't forget to download SoundCloud and on iTunes. Subscribe to RSS feed so you get the updates whenever we put it out there. Plus, uh, we also use social media. You can go back and watch on Facebook Live. You can also on Twitter. You can click and listen to the show every day as well. More Sanderson the Sidekick after this on the Buccaneer Sports Network. Nice Wonger Children's Hospital is proud to be the only hospital in the region dedicated to serving kids, teens, and their families. With over 20 subspecialists in pediatric medicine, as well as access to the Level 1 Trauma Center at Johnson City Medical Center, we are committed to providing hope and healing to you and your family. To learn more, visit NiceWongerChildrens.org. That's NiceWongerChildrens.org. The Carnegie Hotel is Johnson City's only AAA four-diamond property that is unique, tranquil, and brimming with character, just adjacent to East Tennessee State University. When it's time to dine, Wellington's Restaurant in the Carnegie Hotel is the place to be, serving breakfast, lunch, and dinner in grand style. And why not come indulge yourself at Austin Springs Spa, located right inside the Carnegie Hotel. East Tennessee's premier full-service spa provides everything you need to rejuvenate, revive, and renew. The Carnegie Hotel, 12 16 State of Franklin Road in Johnson City. Here's the deal. At Wendy's, every hamburger is made with fresh, never frozen beef. Now here's the big deal. You can get a day's double with a half pound of hot and juicy beef, along with small fries and a drink for just $5 when you download the Wendy's app. And the real deal? That's a whole lot of delicious Wendy's food for just $5. Download the app today. Fresh beef available in the contiguous U.S., Alaska, and Canada at participating Wendy's for a limited time. Mulligan Hardwood Flooring is a beautiful addition to any room. Enjoy the luxury of hardwood flooring in your home with Mulligan's pre-finished, sold, or engineered, ready-to-install selection of beautiful hardwood flooring and a wide variety of domestic and exotic species. Please visit the following Johnson City locations to learn more. Dockery's Floor Covering, House of Paneling, Carpet and Door Mart, and K&M Flooring. Kingsport locations include Dalton Direct Carpets, Custom Floors by Carlin, El Providence Flooring and Paint. Visit the Smile Floor Service in Bristol. Trust the clear leader in quality hardwood flooring, Mulligan Flooring. Bucks fans and football fans across the country can now design their dream home during pregame or halftime. The new My Designs app by General Shale lets you create custom projects right from your phone or tablet. Choose from 10 home and building structures designed with over 50 popular brick and stone colors. You can even share your designs with friends. Download the My Designs app by General Shale on the App Store or visit MyDesignsApp.com to design your dream project today. General Shale, a proud supporter of ETSU Athletics. New coach, new era, new day. Hear from ETSU football headman Randy Sanders all fall on the ETSU Coaches Show now on Wednesday nights. If you're scared by all the change, don't be. Voice of the Bucks, Jay Sando, still host from Wild Wing Cafe, and it's still a 6 o'clock start now every Wednesday throughout the football season. Morristown native and new ETSU football head coach Randy Sanders on the ETSU Coaches Show right here on WXSM AM 640. The Extreme Sports Monster. Trump. Trudeau. 
Trick Daddy. Tram, the insult comic dog. Who's next? I don't know what's gonna happen. The secrets. Sandos and the sidekick. Mystery guest on Sandos and the sidekick. Where Jay Sandos has gone? Also a mystery, but he already knew who the mystery guest was this week. Anyway, he'll be back to listen to all 14 minutes we have with an ETSU legend on the golf course. Reese Enoch, he's on the Challenge Tour and the Sunshine Tour right now, playing a lot overseas. He made big news earlier this summer by finishing 67th at the Open Championship over um, in Europe, and he is on his path to hopefully getting his PGA card one day. He was nice enough from the south of France to take some time, reconnect with his alma mater as he's had much success since leaving ETSU after being a multiple-time All-Atlantic Sun pick and winning a number of tournaments for ETSU in his time as well. Reese Enoch, the mystery guest this week. Reese, thanks so much for joining us today. No problem, Mike. How are you doing? Doing fantastic. How about yourself? We kind of set this up halfway across the world. Talk to us about your travels lately. <laughs> yeah, I've been, um, I've been all over the place. Uh, last week I had a long trip to Kazakhstan, so I'm, I'm now in the south of France. I'm sort of battling a bit of jet lag, but um, we're doing all right. What, uh, what's the travel like, and is it as constant as, as it sounds? Are you going to all reaches of the world? Is it all golf-related? Talk to us about what exactly you're facing on a week-to-week basis. Yeah, um, so the, the, I'm playing the European Challenge Tour, so it's mainly, it is mainly Europe. Um, the start of the year, we venture sort of Turkey, uh, Kenya, China, and then, and then we're back to Europe. And then now, obviously, we had Kazakhstan last week, and... We are off to there's two events in China and one in Dubai at the end of the year. So wow. in between in, in between that, it, it's just it's just all over Europe. So um, yeah, it's pretty mental. It's pretty mental. It's pretty nonstop. Um, when you have a week off, you just literally want to want to do nothing, and, <laughs> and then you're back at it the week after. So it's um it's pretty relentless. It's hard to manage yourself. It's hard to it's hard to practice. It's so yeah, no, it's uh, it is a bit of a grind. Um, a professional golf is more of a grind than I thought it was going to be, but that's no, fun. You just got to embrace it and uh, and you learn each year. I'd love for you to speak to that a bit more because I think many look at professional golf as kind of a cushy gig, show up, hit some balls around, but they don't see the things behind the scenes, the travel, the grind that is, is just to stay yeah. playing and get in tournaments. Yeah. So is this a year-round thing for you? Uh, do, how much time do you get off? And just traveling all over, like you said, you're battling a little bit of jet lag, but while I'm sure it's great to be able to see all yeah. parts of the world, it also has to be um, mentally taxing as well as physically taxing. Yeah, oh, God, yeah, absolutely. Um, it's fantastic to be able to see parts of the world obviously you know as you as you i'm sure you're aware we, we generally only get to see the hotel the, the golf course and the <laughs> airport, but occasionally occasionally you do get a little bit of uh, a bit of sightseeing sorry about that car um yeah but in terms of the grind it's it's just it's just so important to get as much as much downtime as possible um you know you hear a lot of guys doing meditation and stuff now to, to try and try and relax because it is, you know, if you're in contention a few weeks in a row, it really does, really does drain you. Um, and the physical thing is just about managing uh, sort of how you're feeling and managing your game. And you just got to listen to your body. You know, you learn to know when you need to sleep and when you need to rest and when you can and when you can have a three or four hour grind. You just, you just got to listen to yourself. And, um, you know, and I mean, I'm in my sixth year at it now since I left uh, left ETSU. So it's, I'm learning, you know, I'm learning with each season and um, I'm, definitely getting better. 
We'll talk with you about ETSU and your experience here in a few moments. I want to talk about that kind of big breakthrough, it seemed like, at the Open a couple months back, make the cut. A tough last day, but what an experience to be there all four days and get the chance to show that you belong in the same course as some of the household names of golf. Oh, absolutely, yeah. Such a cool event. Um, you know, it's my second time there, so this year I, I felt a lot more a lot more ready, a lot more prepared. Because um, it, it is a bit of a circus. The first year, and, I mean, when I, when I played in 2014, it was a bit mental um the day just flies by mm-hmm. and so it's really hard to, to really hard to maintain your energy levels throughout the week so yeah it was good i just felt like i was uh i could compete which was which was great because i didn't really part particularly well the first couple of rounds especially um and still made it through and then playing with patrick reed and on saturday was um was awesome Re- really good for my confidence because we we both played some really good golf and you know and i matched him pretty much shot for shot and you know him and his coach had some really nice nice things to say to me after the round which was which, which they didn't need to say so that was cool and um and big for the confidence and yeah like a little mini breakthrough as you said is there a perspective you can put your tour in that you're on now for the listeners that may not be familiar with it, the people that just maybe follow the pga tour where does this rank and where is it in like the professional golf ladder if you will yeah so it, it's um the exact equivalent of your web.com gotcha. so um 15 of our graduates go to the European tour the same as obviously the, the top 25 on the web.com move up to PJ tour so that, that's the uh, that's the sort of level we're playing at in what way can you kind of catch lightning in a bottle from that open weekend were there specific things you saw in your game other people's games that you took out of that and you're trying to work on um yeah you know I mean like obviously especially playing with a top player like Patrick his mm-hmm. short game his putting his chipping just little things um, were just so clinical, you know, as you'd expect um, from the Masters Channel. You can you can chip and putt all right, you know, and that was um, that was sort of the difference between us then. So that's that's one big thing is just to keep trying to get as sharp as possible in that department. Um, the other thing was um, obviously for my confidence, knowing I can I can compete and, and how well I hit it. I sort of hit it better than it's hard to say. Um, I think because of the pressure and because of the amount of people you have to zone in you have to focus more and i think that would be the thing because you know we might get a couple of spectators on on a sunday out here but not many you know thursday friday saturday so it's i think it's trying to recreate that focused environment um i think that that's what it's just much easier when there's people around but when, when there isn't you've got to recreate it yourself i think that was i think that's a big a big thing because i really up my game um and I feel like my expectation levels have gone up. And it's when, I think it's, it's just, the, the courses we play are slightly different. It's, they're um, generally easier to score um, than you'd play, obviously, in an open championship. So um, it's learning to manage my expectations and and just trusting myself, really, because that's what I did at the Open really well. I, there was Obviously, I was slightly out of my comfort zone in terms of the amount of people. So it was really trying to trust myself and, play imperfect golf that was my goal for the week was to play imperfect golf because I'm a bit of a perfectionist and that sort of freed me up a bit to play some really really good golf that's interesting that you mentioned you raise your game to maybe the environment around you can you talk about that a bit more because I think some people would say wow you know you're not playing in front of many people week to week it might be kind of intimidating going into that atmosphere or some may fold under that pressure but it sounds like it's the opposite for you yeah well that that was my best day by far the Saturday I made seven birdies and it was like being in contention in a, in a major. There were so many people that Saturday morning. I couldn't believe it. 
Um, and you, you, you just have to. It's like it doesn't give you a choice. Hmm. Well, I mean, that's how I, how I feel anyway. You have to just, you have to have to just man up and and just hit the shots. And you know, and it, I don't know. So it is weird, but it just makes you force you to focus. And um, yeah, no. So it was a really cool experience. You know, I, I hit some of the best shots I've ever hit. I mean, I, I could name you know five or six just that were just really really quality shots you know under tough circumstances um you know it's just something that now is in you know is in my mind and in my body so i can you know i can build on that next time i'm i'm in that situation joining us from the south of france reese enoch and we're going to look back now at your time at etsu reese graduated in 2012 medaled in a regional and went to the ncaa's in the 2009-10 season had a number of great performances in the asun championships in your time here what are your memories of etsu like yeah, oh, it's awesome. Um, you know, the, the best years of, of my life so far, for sure. And uh, what a really, re- really fun years, uh, fun five years at uh, ETSU and Johnson City. I, I really, really enjoyed it. Um, yeah, the the facility that we have there and the you know the level that, that our team plays at is well, it's first class. You know, all the guys who've been winning on the PGA Tour the last sort of ten years have all you know have all come through the college system, and we got to play got to play against them and. Um, you know, I absolutely just—I can't speak highly enough of of ETSU and and the college system. I absolutely loved it. Do you still keep up with the program at all back here in the states? They keep tabs on them. Are you in touch with Coach Warren at all? Anything like that? Um, yeah, yeah. I always try and keep a I keep a little lookout. Um, I'm actually playing with Adrian Moronk, who recently graduated from uh, from ETSU. He's he's out on the Challenge Tour now. He's he's a really nice boy. Um, I'm Mateus as well, actually. Um, yeah, I haven't spoken to Coach Warren for a little bit, but. Um, the first few years, we definitely stayed in touch, and, and I will, uh, I will stay in touch with him because I know he's, I know he's, um, he's retiring soon. So um, it'd be nice to speak to coach. When you left Johnson City, what kind of decisions were you making about your future? Was it all in on pro golf? Were there other things pulling you different directions, or did you know that you had to go with everything you had into this, and you had that belief that you could rise up the ranks and be at the top level one day? Yeah, absolutely. That, that that's that, that's always the goal. Um, you know, that's part of the reason why I why I chose ETSU in, in, in particular as well. Because um, I knew I, you know, I knew I'd be able to play and get some real, real good experience against good players on good courses. Um, and then when I left, uh, that was yeah, that's that was, that was always the plan was to um, to turn pro. Um, you know, I feel like I've got the game that 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 is suited toward the better courses and the harder setups. So for me, it's just enjoying the grind while it is now and um until i can make it out there because i you know i really feel like i got the game for it six plus years now as a pro you feel like you got the game for it where are you if i told you in 2012 you'd be at the point you're at right now where are you versus where you'd like to be or where maybe you thought you would be are you right on that track where you feel like you're ascending to the point of uh getting that you know recognition um being able to compete on the tour week in and week out at that next level or um is there more work still to be done to get to that point yeah i I think the one thing uh, growing up, I didn't have much technical coaching, and I think that's that, that's the thing that's helped me back. My coach the last sort of eight, six to eight years um, has really opened my eyes to, you know, to how important the, the technique is. So I'm slightly behind where, where I, in terms of um, results, where I would have imagined myself in 2012. Um, however, the way my swings developed, um, 
my ball striking, you know, I, my script. My stroke average is sneaking down every year, which is obviously a bit, which is obviously a plus. It's just not coming down quite as fast as I would have wanted it to, um, and I think that is mainly mainly down to the technical changes. You know, I, you guys heard about a Tiger when he's when he made some big changes, um, especially with his chipping. You know, like everyone thought he had the yips, but he just had really poor technique and he hit a couple of duffs, and it, it took him a while to get back over that. And that's the sort of the sort of thing. Like my release patterns have changed a little bit, so for me, it's. It's getting back to playing golf because my swing is in a really good place. I mean, you know, obviously you're constantly developing, but um, that, that's the biggest thing for me now. It's just sort of settling into what I have now and, and getting back to playing golf because that was what I was really good at um, as a youngster and at ETSU especially. Everyone loves to keep up with you here, Reese. What big things do you have coming up that we should keep an eye on? So, yeah, so um, obviously just got the end of the year now, um, the last few on the Challenge Tour, and then qualifying school is in november and then i i also play on the sunshine tour so i'm going i'm going down there in november because i i won in cape town in february so I, i've got a winner's category down there for two years now so i get into all the all the co-sanctioned events with europe um so i've got uh, playing in mauritius uh end of november and the Joburg open and then the alfred dunhill um and then I get a few weeks off to rest at Christmas. So that's sort of what's ahead. And then, um, yeah, I'm just looking forward to next season already. I was going to say, do you ever have time for downtime? And go, going home, wherever home may be, <laughs> I, I mean, do you ever have a chance to stop? Yeah, well, it's, it's funny because I've now got uh, – I, I met a young lady in uh, Johannesburg in March time. So I'm dating her as well. So wow. I'll be spending a lot of time in uh, South Africa, sort of November through to – March, April time, and, and then I'll come back. So, yeah, not a whole lot of time to rest, <laughs> but um, I'll have to, you know, I've got to take a few weeks off over sort of January, February time when there is a break because um, your body and your mind needs it. So <laughs> that's what I'll be trying to do. On that come up, you got to stay busy, right? It's better than the opposite. Well, exactly. You know, I mean, I, three days doing nothing and I'm just like sort of itching to do something, you know. <laughs> Reese Enoch, ETSU alum. Reese, thanks for making this work out with us halfway across the world. Great to talk to you, and we hope to catch up again soon. Perfect. Not a problem, Mike. Anytime. ETSU and Santos and the Sidekick are international, baby. First overseas guest, south of France. He's going down to South Africa. Got a lady down there now. That's yeah, awesome. Glad that's to what, hear that for That's Reece. what I learned. Yeah, you, <laughs> of course, that would stick with you, right, naturally. Uh, but he's, I think, had his biggest year yet, right? I mean, he yeah. had the result at the Open, won the Cape Town Open then as well in 2018. Yeah, I think now the two-year exemption. exemption. Yeah, yep, I was going to so say, I, that was another thing that, that caught my Plus, the, the qualifying school to try to, to get on the European Tour and all that. But the, the exemption, that certainly keeps him playing major competition all those reps when we talk about technical yeah. stuff the only thing that stuck out was that means all the reps that he needs and getting in those high level tournaments with the reps to try to get that scoring average down but he was certainly one of the a left-handed hitter but uh, one of the ones that i enjoyed when i got a chance to cover him when he was here on campus oh, it's so difficult i think too when you're going from tournament to tournament to tournament because you have to stay busy because you have to make money and we've got a, a mystery guest coming up in a couple of weeks that'll talk a little bit uh, about the kind of things that reese knock discussed as well but you have to keep money coming in because when you're not getting those big purses right and there's in golf many different levels of it where you go down each level and he talked with us jay about how the challenge uh, tour is one step below the european
European Tour, much like the Web.com Tour here in America is one step below the PGA Tour. So that's where he is. Those purses drop off pretty big from that number one level to the number two level. So uh, hopefully he continues to stay busy, continues to win, and we continue to see progression. Great of him to join us. We'll step us out for a timeout. That was our mystery guest, Sanders and the sidekick. Uh, uh, was it uh, Bites by Trey? Bites by Trey, much like Beats by Dre. All right, well, we'll go with that. We'll get, yeah, there he is, Trey Adams Dip on the other side only. of this timeout on Sanders and the Sidekick SoundCloud, iTunes, Facebook Live, Twitter, everything you can imagine. You can always keep up with Sanders and the Sidekick after this on the Buccaneer Sports Network. Let Ferguson's knowledgeable product experts kick off your next kitchen or bath project with the latest in touch and hands-free faucets. High-performance gas ranges or low-decibel dishwashers. They're really quiet. Request your appointment today at fergusonshowrooms.com. The best decision ever. Visit your local Ferguson showroom at 1000 Quality Circle in Johnson City and choose from an extensive lighting collection of the most sought-after brands. Find the one-of-a-kind fit for your home at Ferguson. Purchasing a new home, remodeling your home, First Bank and Trust makes applying for a loan easy. Our online application process is designed to allow you to stop anytime and pick up where you left off when it works for you. And after you submit an online application, you can check your loan status anytime. Visit or call me, Rose Fulton, today for help with your purchase, refinance, construction, or home loan. We're there for all your mortgage needs because we're your bank for life. Equal housing lender, member FDIC. This is the Pepsi that your father drank and your grandfather drank. When I was your age, we were... This is the Pepsi that your Uncle Ted drank when rock sounded like this. This is the Pepsi for American pastimes. Whether you're tailgating at a speedway or courtside watching your favorite player make a breakaway... He scores! This is the Pepsi for those who are forever fun. This is the Pepsi for every generation. Known for its personalized service and friendliness, the environment at the Johnson City Country Club is comfortable, casual, and inviting. One of the greatest assets is a beautiful clubhouse. From the sweeping verandas, the fireplace in the massive ballroom, to our intimate private dining rooms to our 19th hole. The clubhouse accommodates all desires. For decades, the Johnson City Country Club has been host to numerous wedding receptions, business meetings, golf outings, and an array of social functions. The setting is ideal for any event in any season. Whether your function is large or small, your guests will enjoy a fine dining experience with professional, courteous attention. The Johnson City Country Club, a tradition since 19. No one knows better than the Bucks what it takes to compete on the college level. No one knows better than Bullseye what it takes to compete in the business market. At Bullseye, we provide innovative products and services to help our customers meet their business objectives, and you can count on us for graphic design, printing, mailing services, and much more. Bullseye, a preferred partner of the ETSU Athletic Department. Call Bullseye in Johnson City at 423-283-7772 or visit us on Hanover Road near Cheddar's. Bullseye. For all your printing needs. A little bit of a Halloween theme there early on, Ooh, it felt like. I kind of like yeah, it. A little okay. bit of a Halloween theme. There we go. Yeah, yeah. All right, a little bit Bucks of... by Trey. Bucks by Trey. Bucks by Trey. No, Bucks it's by Trey. Are you Bucks He didn't by even Trey? know the name. What Come on, t- this isn't going to work. This isn't going to work. Segment? I you mean, know what? we're no. trusting in you here to come on the air and not make a fool of yourself. I need everybody Trey. to hang on, okay? As a guy who's supposed to have final say over this, although I really don't mind us, <laughs> um, if the guy doesn't even know yeah. the name of his own segment, uh, this is not going to go Indefensible. Well. I, okay. I, I don't All disagree. Right. 
All right. Recover, Trey. Trey, let's go. Bites by Trey, yes. Okay. Bucks by Trey. We talked about Bucks this. I came up with the name like nine. Okay, go. Yeah. Yeah, okay, go. So I want to talk about something here. Please. How do you, as a blue and gold team like ETSU, how do you beat a top 20 team like Chattanooga and not get in the top 25? Not only that, how do you not get in the top 25, but the team you beat receives more votes than you? What is this? Uh, popularity contest. That's, oh. what all, uh, that's what all top 25s are. Mm. Uh, it's by reputation, although it should be by what you do that year. But the problem is if people don't really know or believe that you're there, then the across the country, they just don't they just don't vote for you. Uh, uh, you know, the Colonial, the Southern, the Big South, OBC, they may look at those and be, oh, yeah, this, this, and this. But everyone else uh, does it, and it's, it's the – it's what's wrong with top 25 college football to start with, right? It's beginning the year at the FBS level or the FCS level. They're just teams that are automatically, you know, the name carries it or they've always won. Or if they just, you know, if a team's like, let's use Kentucky and the SEC, they're generally not ranked, right? That's something that doesn't happen. So it probably took them an extra week or two to get ranked because people didn't believe them. But if Florida, an SEC team, uh, or Auburn or LSU accidentally win a couple games, boom, they're up oh, in yeah. the top ten, right? So it's just about reputations, popularity contest. It, it You have to earn – it's weird, but you have to sort of earn uh, some respect around the country to get to that point where you just get automatically ranked if you win a couple games. Trey, I'll throw this at you. For a blue and gold team like ETSU, as you put it, uh, if you are not ranked in the top 25 after that win, and in fact – Chattanooga is still ranked ahead of you in one poll in the receiving votes category. Could that perhaps work as a good thing to not let the team get too high on themselves? They look at the poll, still something to prove. Perhaps. I mean, I think if uh, if voters look at, uh, you know, ETSU, they beat a top 20 team. Chattanooga still has a strong uh, season, you know, because they could very well upset Wofford, uh, their next opponent on Saturday. So it it could play in ETSU's favor, but I just don't think it was very good to put well, Chattanooga above ETSU. Wofford will win by four touchdowns. Yeah, the probably. Other, <laughs> the other thing I would say about that, too, is if uh, uh, Chattanooga didn't play a non-division uh, uh, two team, they haven't played a – they've played all one A or one double A or FCS teams because they played a couple in-state teams in, in uh, UT Martin and Tennessee Tech. They'll have an FBS game later. So, actually, FB, uh, FCS wins, they had four, where ETSU's only FCS win, or two FCS wins, was against a winless VMI and a winless Furman. So, if you're just trying to step outside now, do I agree that the team you just beat should be ranked in front of you? Of course not, because I believe, you know, why else do you play the game, right? Why else do you settle it on the field? But I could see where if you're just somebody – in Montana that's not really paying attention to anything, and they look at uh, just sort of who played. I don't even know if they did that. They probably said, well, I had Chattanooga 25th last week, or 20, 20th, I'll put them at 25, and ETSU at 24, or 24-25, and it just didn't work out. So here's what happened. The voters looked at the results from the past weekend and said, ETSU, is Steve Forbes their head coach? I don't think it's going to work. Like, ETSU is just not known in football enough yet, and so I, I agree with Jay that if you don't have that back, I'm going to channel my inner Randy Sanders here and, and just say that if we don't 
have the respect, we have to go out and earn it, right? I mean, and so we've done extremely well in doing so over the first, you know, five weeks of the year. Um, I do wonder how the game against Mars Hill affects that when you win 28-7. to It's not a big blowout. And then, of course, you go into Tennessee and the stupid lightning delay costs us that entire game, which I am still blaming the Tennessee game on that. And then a VMI team, like you said, winless, close game. Furman, a team that, you know, you're down 27-6 to and you bring out Austin Herrick, everything changes. So there haven't been convincing results yet if you want to go about it that now, way. Now I'll but say this. Great bunch of voters. They're about to drive me and, crazy. And, like and, and they weren't receiving votes really before, and they had like six votes. So, so now, jump up to 200, right. now, whatever. Now people start to pay attention. They win again. You they, know somebody top 25 is going to lose. They beat Gardner-Webb. Do they get in the they're top in. 25? Wow. Because somebody even though Gardner Webb is, will lose. Even though Gardner-Webb has been. Yes, but because they're that close to top 25, somebody in the 2021 20, ranks is going to lose. They'll drop out. ETSU goes in. Let's go. That's what I'm going Let's go. Bucks right, by Trump. That boy. Bucks by Trump. I would fire him. But that one is shells for now. Let's, uh, let's put it that way. Don't forget Thursday, Crazy Coach Thursday. We'll talk to him plus the head coach of Gardner-Webb. We'll talk Carol McRae. We'll talk to Crazy Coach Thursday. We'll also have four downs. One, two, three. I guess three. we'll let Trey do it. One, two, Sandos three. Sandos and the sign kick tomorrow on the Buccaneers Sports Network.